0: This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the modelhealthshow.com.
1: Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my co-host and producer of the Model Health Show, the one and only Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you today?
0: Today I am amazerific.
1: Amazerific.
0: Amazerific.
1: All right, tell me about it. Break it down for me. Well, you
0: know, it's pretty simple. Amazing and terrific, and that came from one of your Instagram followers who shouted me out on your page.
1: Would you look at that? Would you just look at it? I like that. It's (laughs) it's trickling down. It is your your little words that you Mm -hmm. make up. Well, I
0: made up a word to explain the words. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, it's I called
0: it. word smurping
1: word smurping yes okay
0: mashing matching merging words together got it word got smurping
1: it. I like that <laughs> reminds me of the smurfs for that, some reason I thought that three too. apples high there
0: was good that was Papa's, good but
1: why was there only one girl you know have you ever well, thought about that Smurf smurfette it's yeah. just yeah
0: we, we, we are able to multitask. I'll say. Some, <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today could probably speak on that. Oh my
1: goodness! For <laughs> sure, right? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he has a theory why there's only one
0: exactly uh,
1: female Smurf in the Smurfs. Necessary but shout out to shout desired. out to the garg shout out to Gargamel. Oh man. The worst villain name ever (laughs) and all his little schemes. (laughs) Anyways, but everybody, thank you so much for for tuning into the show today. We've got an incredible, incredible guest Mm -hmm. and an incredible show topic. Very, very important and and timely uh, today. We're going to be talking about attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity disorder. And this is something that I would see clinically over the years. And I've seen a lot of great stories and I've seen some stories that uh, really broke my heart. And it's something that we need to get educated about. And plus, what about the adult implications? Exactly. You know, what happens when, you know, a child grows up with this condition and becomes an adult? Then what? Is it suddenly, does it just go away? Or can this be something that develops later in life? And so we're going to talk about all that good stuff. And, of course, focus on solutions, Have. real, tangible, yeah. actionable things mm-hmm. that you can utilize and utilize for the people that you care about. For sure. But before we do, wanna give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, Organifi. (laughs) Yummy yummy. Head over to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash model for twenty percent off their incredible green juice supplement, which I have right here in my hand. Yes. This is something I use every day and I'll of course travel with this. When I went to the Philippines, I was just talking to our guests about that. Of course, I brought along their GoPacks as well. Oh, mm-hmm. which I have right here, too. <laughs> what a <coincidence>. product placement. <laughs> But the reason that I love it is that it's whole food-based and it's cold processed to retain mm-hmm. the actual nutrients that they say you're going to get in it. It keeps it in the food. And one of the highlight compounds in the product is going to be spirulina, mm-hmm. which we have 70% protein by weight, the highest protein food gram for gram in the world, complete protein. And also, there's a study that was done recently that found that spirulina aids in something called stem cell genesis so this literally helps to create more stem cells and what do stem cells do they basically become every cell that you need and specifically it's a compound called phycocyanin Mm -hmm. that's found uh exclusively it's one of the exclusive uh things you're going to find this in in spirulina right and then we've of course got a great source of magnesium which we talk about how important that is all the time that's just one of the goodies that's in there it also has moringa Mm -hmm. chlorella ashwagandha Mm -hmm. Head over there, check them out. This is super easy, something you can add into your smoothies, give to your kids. My sons have it all the time. So Organifi.com forward slash model for 20% off. Now let's get to the iTunes review of the week.
0: This one is great. It says, "Um, I thought I knew it all. Five stars, Mr. T.A. Unorganized. (laughs) I grew up around medical professionals and was a college athlete. I thought I knew it all when it came to health and nutrition. In the last five years, I've watched myself get incredibly out of shape. Despite trying my best with traditional diet and weight loss programs, I started listening to this podcast and have implemented what I've learned one step at a time. I started with sleeping smarter, then I focused on nutrition rather than calories. I started spending more time with family and lowering stress. Finally, I stopped running and started doing high intensity interval training four days a week, even just for five minutes. My energy is better than ever. I am more focused at work, less stressed, and I am seeing better results than any diet or workout program I have ever done. It has truly changed my life, and I couldn't be more thankful.
1: I love that so (laughs) much. There are so many layers of goodness in that. Thank you so much for leaving that review for us. And everybody, thank you so much for leaving those reviews for us over on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. And make sure you're subscribed to the show if you're listening on iTunes hit the subscribe button, all right? Or whether if you're listening on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, big shout out to everybody on the different platforms. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. Absolutely. Now let's get to our special guest. John Gray is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time. Mm-hmm. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. In hardcover, it was the number one best-selling book of the 90s, all right, the entire 90s. Do you remember the 90s? Yes, I do. Remember, uh, what was it, Death Row Records?
0: I did did all that. The Chronic. (laughs)
1: chronic. Shout out to Dr. Dre. Yeah. And shout out to his book, Dominating That Decade. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Gray's books are translated into approximately 45 languages in more than 100 countries and continues to be a bestseller. And Dr. Gray has written over 20 books and his many books, blogs, and free online workshops at Mm marsvenus.com provide practical insights to improve relationships at all stages of life and love. And he's an advocate of health and optimal brain function. And he also provides natural solutions for overcoming depression, anxiety, and stress to support increased energy, libido, hormone balance, and he also talks about very important subjects like ADHD and also sleep quality, which we're mu- mutually big fans of. <laughs> and he's appeared on Oprah many times, as well as the Dr. Oz Show, Today, CBS, This Morning, Good Morning America, and many others. And he's been profiling Time, Forbes, USA Today, and People Magazine. And John Gray lives in Northern California with his wife, Bonnie, and they have been married happily for 30 Love years. That. I have three grown daughters and four grandchildren. And I'd like to welcome back Mm -hmm. to the Model Health Show one of our all-time favorite guests, the one and only John Gray. How you doing today, John?
2: Sean, doing great. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. Enjoy it so
1: much. Oh, it is so (laughs) my pleasure. We just talking before the show. You just got back from a much-deserved vacation. You've got the glow going on right now. I do.
2: I do. Costa Rica.
1: It was really fun. Costa Rica. Yes. So, so awesome. I love that. And so make sure, guys, if you are listening to the show, you can head over to YouTube and check out the video Mm -hmm. of the podcast as well. See how
0: great he's looking.
1: So John, (laughs) your last episode went bananas, right? So we've had uh, around 200,000 people listen to that episode already. And it just really shifted the paradigm for a lot of people. But another subject that you're passionate about is the subject of ADHD. So can you share what inspired you to get focused on ADHD yourself and how it impacted you personally?
2: Well, about 16 years ago, I'm 65, so when I turned 50 around that time, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And basically, if once you start taking the medication for Parkinson's disease, it's a downhill slope. You have to keep taking more and more and so i studied it and found the natural solutions for it more and more doctors are using these natural solutions and they're actually done uh, studies on it on pubmed so it's real documented you don't have to do the drugs there's natural solutions but in terms of that before figuring out the natural solution uh you know i did a lot of research into how the brain works and how how we interact and so forth and then once I cured my Parkinson's, what it did is it creating optimal brain function, providing the extra nutrition my brain was missing, something else happened. It's like I came back and my brain was even better than before I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And the difference is, we could say now in common terms, I had ADHD my whole life and it went away. Uh, that was the dramatic thing. And so the, the, same, the same remedy in, in, in an easier form, that heals Parkinson's actually corrects attention deficit disorder and it's many variations. So that's how I got into it.
1: Got it, yeah, and you highlighted in the book the fact that this is something that's not just in somebody's head as far as like just a, a thought process. This is actually physically difference in the brain when we're talking about ADHD.
2: Yeah, it's a biological change that occurs for a variety of reasons. In my own life, in second grade, I had a, a major concussion where I fell out of a tree. I'm kind of a daredevil. Uh, fell out of a two-story tree headfirst and with my arms above me, and actually the bones broke, you know, they were sticking out of my arms, and Holy they space. they buffered my fall head first. Doctors said if my head had been perfect, angled in the slightest way, I would have snapped my neck and died. So it was a bit of a miracle, but it did leave uh, a concussion. And so the symptoms of that are now uh, one of the classical symptoms of ADHD is that, you know, my mother would have to like pour water on me to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. Uh, it, it's this sense of uh, waiting to the last minute till you have to do something. Yeah, see, ADHD is kind of a condition of of dopamine function and it has a lot of variations. But for me, it showed up as kind of having to have the emergency happen before I was motivated to do something, because dopamine is the motivating brain chemical. And we see that a lot as one of the symptoms. And it also inhibited my ability to comprehend, to like read something and just have it stick. I could be reading a few pages and you say, what are you reading? And I'd forget right away or, you know, ask me what TV show I'm watching at a commercial break, and I might even forget, it's that ability to hold on to information unless that information is completely absorbing and interesting, kind of like a video game. You can go deep into a video game, but if somebody's talking to you, you get bored really easily. So that was kind of the the uh, some of the symptoms for me. And all of that went away, and of course, I as a teacher of relationships said, this is something everybody needs to know. Because in my marriage with my wife, she'd be talking and I'd be thinking about emergency things like problems at work. And, you know, she's just talking about her life. And that was boring to me. Now it's completely different. Things that were typically boring or not that interesting are interesting and grabs my attention. And and so I don't have to, like, focus on just the most the most interesting, stimulating or emergency type things but I can relax and I started to enjoy reading books. I started to enjoy uh, you know, talking with my wife and my children. It, it, these things didn't make me tired or bored. And reading, I used to just fall asleep reading. Uh, it was just uh, I didn't have enough dopamine in my brain to keep absorbing the information. So those were some of the changes for me.
1: Wow, so <laughs> this already answers the question, can uh, ADHD be something that adults experience? And it's pretty clear right there.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. So you'll have, uh, you know, people compensate. See, what happens is once you have ADD, I mean, the great thing is it can be healed. It's a condition in the brain. But when people don't take, the, don't heal it, the, as you mature, you compensate. Right. Uh, yes. So basically a child will be restless in their seat. That's one form of ADHD is that you're hyper in the seat. Well, later in life, you can sit down in a seat, but your brain is going to stay really, really busy and you can't relax. You can't, you know, you just sort of be easy. You find yourself busy, busy, busy all the time, which you, really what's happening is you're missing out on peacefulness and relaxation and just a simple happiness of life. A lot of that is lost. You know, one of the most dramatic aspects of seeing how people's brains have changed is if you watch a movie from the 1930s, these big black and white movies, they're so slow <laughs> and, and and they're they're just the most boring movies ever for us today. You know, we're like the MTV generation. I remember when that came in, fast, fast stimulation. We need that newness and newness, which stimulates dopamine. And this has a a devastating effect on our relationships because we get bored with our partners too quickly. So we're seeing in the younger generation, they're losing that passion and interest with each other. And that's a symptom of this ADD condition. It shows up a lot for women as a sense of overwhelm, which is they go from one thing to another thing to another thing. Their brain can't settle down. So they're overwhelmed. I've got I still have to do this Oh, I have to do that and I have to do that and that raises their stress levels. Whereas for men, it causes them kind of to lose their motivation and interest, and then they're more vulnerable to addiction or to to playing video games, for example, or online porn. These are high dopamine stimulators that give you pleasure, but the problem with it is when you experience these high dopamine stimulators, like cocaine for example, it changes the brain, this is all measurable, and it desensitizes the dopamine neurons in the brain. That means that you need higher stimulation to feel pleasure and motivation and interest as opposed to normal stimulation. Uh, and, and normal stimulation is just being with people, talking with them, going for a walk in nature, reading a nice book, uh, doing your work. Uh, all that stuff becomes kind of boring Now, for children, the way it shows up is uh, it used to be that the most motivating factor for a child was to please the parent. Uh, Now, parents have lost their power over their children. They have to bribe their kids with sugar, which stimulates dopamine, or with time on the video games or time on the computer. They say, okay, if you do your homework, then you get to play on the computer. Or if you, you know, if you eat your vegetables, then you get a dessert. That's what motivates the kids mm-hmm. rather than just parental approval. Because, you know, we all deep inside want our parents to love us and approve of us. It's, right. you know, evolutionary wise. That's why children could survive as their parents were, you know, love the child, wanted to take care of the child and the child could grow up in that safety net. Well, what's happening is that instinct gets overshadowed, rewired to instead of wanting to please my parents, I want the pleasure from playing a video game or porn or or. Uh, I used to be like make good grades and work hard and so forth. Those those things produce lower levels of dopamine than these stimulants like sugar and dessert, etc.
1: You know what? That is highlighting what you talk about in the book. You talk about uh, ADHD and there's four temperaments behind that and the different character traits that can follow this. And I want to point something out. You know, when we talked earlier about this being something that's actually a physical change in the brain. And one of our other favorite guests is Dr. Daniel Amen, who's done all of these wonderful brain imaging scans. Mm -hmm. And looking at, we have to understand that this blanket statement or blanket term that we use, ADHD, there's different forms of that. And it depends on which part of the brain is being affected. You know, it can be from trauma, like he talked about. This can be be from deficiencies. It could be from environmental toxin exposure, which you talk about so beautifully in the book, which we gotta talk about today. But I want to circle back to, you know, in our adult lives, and we see, and I could like when you mentioned some of this stuff, it's like, well, that makes sense. We talked about how people lose interest so much faster today in their partner, and we see the rates of divorce. and we see the this increase, and you put some of the statistics in the book with uh, more people being single later on in life, um just because of, you know, partially not being able to focus on one person and being able to grow and develop in that relationship because, that drive to do so because of dopamine
2: isn't even there, right? right. So it's so fascinating that you mm-hmm. talked about that. I think, uh, I think it's just as an introduction to ADD for people, you said it so beautifully, by the way, <laughs> just so concisely, Sean, good job. The, Thank you. the <laughs> first step would be understanding that ADHD is kind of a, a malfunction of dopamine in the brain. And dopamine is a brain chemical that's always when you're feeling pleasure dopamine's experience is being produced uh, when you're focused when you're interested or when you're motivated Uh, and so if you have low dopamine function for example there it shows up differently for four different temperaments and uh daniel amen talks about how those are seen in the brain what i talk about is psychologically you'll see in children there's always a blend of these four temperaments one being dominant another being secondary and so forth And that shows up in adults as well. And so the the temperaments are the the active temperaments. So when they're experiencing this inhibited dopamine function, they become hyperactive, restless, restless, restless. They can't just sort of relax. Uh, that's one temperament. They're more goal-driven, they're more active people anyway, but you add ADHD to it, they become hyperactive. So that's the idea here is imbalance is just a hyper state of activity, uh, which can lead to high blood pressure and heart disease and all those kinds of problems. Uh, also, as later in life, uh, it, it leads to a lack of interest in sex, actually, which is a uh, why, why so many men are taking uh, Viagra, you know. It, that's another function of literally ADHD is for the hyperactive types. They, they tend to be a bit more uh, goal-oriented uh, and, and emergency-oriented, so to speak. And then you get the more, uh, the type that I am is what would be typically called ADHD distracted type. And that was the mm-hmm. original ADD. These are kids sitting in classrooms who are falling asleep with boredom daydreaming and just uh whatever they were hearing just wasn't interesting enough that was pretty much me i'd fall asleep in every class unless it was mathematics and that was something where i could really feel challenged when you're challenged and you feel you have an ability uh that dopamine comes forth and to give you interest and motivation so that that the distracted types that's going to be your more your entertainers your creative ones it's the writers it's the artists it's the and, and you know, we can be a little crazy in our lives too mm-hmm. because we want new, we want everything to be new and different and exciting and 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 if we have ADD we become hyper distracted and so what, what that means is our hyper creative but we have to depend on new things, new things and we get bored very easily. Uh, we're also very vulnerable to drug addiction because we just love to have fun and a party and to enjoy ourselves and but if we can, that, that's that hyper state, as opposed to doing it in a more balanced way where we're making choices that are good for our body, good for our relationships, good for our life. But boredom is the big, big uh, problem for that type is when they have ADHD distracted type, they get bored too easily and they can't finish things. So you'll see the stories of great artists and so forth often had ADHD. It doesn't mean you can't be a high performer in life, but your life is rather chaotic, disorganized, you lose stuff. This is all the distracted type. You know, where are my keys? Where are my glasses? You know, where did I put those papers? I can't file them. Uh, you know, your great artist would wait to the last minute. You know, and they they go through an emotional turmoil and then finally they finish. But it's really some people they they like to start things but they don't finish things. Okay, so that's that's another ADHD. That's the distracted type. Then you get this <laughs> jade's covering <laughs> you her face your up. face over there. <laughs> <laughs> We love to say, I'm going to take on all these new things and, whoa, whoa, wait a second, you know. You don't say. (laughs) say. That's two types, and those are the most commonly known types. But actually, the same condition in the brain of ADHD, of these inhibited dopamine function, for some people, is hypersensitive. The hypersensitive types, okay, they give and they give and they often feel so hurt that people don't give back to them. They don't understand You know, other people are not as giving and loving and nurturing, and they easily get hurt. Their feelings are on their sleeves. Uh, But for them, they're hypersensitive to the environment. They literally have thinner uh, cells, and they're Mm -hmm. affected by toxicity more. Uh, They have more vulnerability to digestive issues. You know, which today is becoming a big deal for all of us. Yeah. These are going to be more affected by it. They're going to be affected more by Wi-Fi, even and EMFs. You know, one of my nieces uh, was an artist and hypersensitive, and she was on her phone all the time and she got a brain tumor in there and died. And this is happening more and more. Everybody's got to be careful. The hypersensitives, you know, the the you know, the smell of, of detergents, the chemicals, they're just way more affected by it all. They're more vulnerable to allergies as well, sensitivities. And then you shift to the fourth one, which is th- these are the perfectionists, okay? They're hyper-perfectionists. Nothing is ever good enough for them. They are really compromised in marriage because they, nothing satisfies them. They, they, they're high achievers. They, they, Everything has to be perfect and organized. They want order. They want structure. Everything has to be clean and nice and we call that compulsive, OCD. Actually OCD, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, is simply another form of the same condition but with a different temperament of the The more controller. They're great managers, they're great controllers but uh, often nothing is ever good enough. And and that's really tough in a marriage when you're giving your partner the message nothing is good enough. Yeah. We have to remember love is saying you're good enough the way you are and, and I appreciate you and love you. And, I don't have to change you. They always want to improve everything, fix everything. Nothing's enough. So again, there's nothing wrong with that temperament. It's just when it becomes hyper, right. that's when the big problems come in.
1: Oh my goodness, this is so powerful. And you detailed these different four temperaments in the book, so I highly encourage people to check out that section because I'm sure some people are hearing uh, their qualities. You know, Jade even covered her face at one point. Um, but also, I want to take a step back and look at. Uh, what's going on for kids, because you said something that was really powerful. And I'm very passionate about this subject that in school, when you got into the particular class, you know, when you're talking about math, for example, that's when you got focused, you know, it was a trigger for you. And so many, and I I love this quote, and here's a quote, this is from Albert Einstein. And in talking about our education system and the quote says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. And so,
2: Yeah. Love that quote. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: And so our system is structured in such a way that we are not paying attention or highlighting or cultivating the talents, the gifts, the capacities of the individual person. You know, it's so cookie cutter. It's so and we've talked about this before. And there are changes that are in in, in, in flux right now that are happening. But, you know, as, as we know, in the education system, it takes years for things to actually change. And so today, more than ever, we need to be more empowered And how we're caring for our children and being aware of these things, because it's not just on on their own responsibility of them going to school and focusing on a class. We can drug them to do that. Or, you know, we can force them. We could or they could just be somebody who's naturally acclimated to that. But is that really highlighting their own gifts and talents? Mm -hmm. Right. And so with that said, I want to talk about some of the potential issues here when we have a child who's not focusing, even though, again, if he had something that was more up his alley, this would be effective. But there are changes in the brain that need to happen, which we'll come back to. But I want to share this from your book. It says, medicating this condition with drugs is not the answer. Researchers at the Brookhaven National Laboratory published a study showing that the use of stimulant drugs to treat ADHD changes the brain, making the disorder even worse. Dopamine, which we've been talking about, dopamine function in the brain is inhibited by 24%. That's why we have to continue taking more drugs, stronger doses, and once the child is no longer able to take those drugs, you see this radical increase in incidence in using things like cocaine and other stronger forms of medication to try to basically
2: medicate themselves. You know, you, you're you doing such a brilliant job helping people understand this, and if, if you'll excuse me for a moment, I have to go back. I just got chills through my body as you're talking about the quote from Einstein, okay? just. It's such a passion inside of my life for people to understand that quote in, in such great, great detail. It's such a, a, a horrible thing that a child goes through school and he's having to measure himself based upon being good at everything. You know, I wanted so much as a little boy growing up to make straight A's and never made straight A's because I wasn't good at everything. And, you know, I'm now seen as kind of like a. Uh, a huge best-selling author Guru, and very, very celebrity successful. superstar. And and yes, I, and I'm only good at a few things, you know. And I got to be—I <laughs> right. have my self-esteem is so great, but never got to be good at everything. And nobody's good at everything. Right. And yes. and and so we always feel like, oh, I'm not good enough about that. I should be better at that and that. And there's not that awareness that you pointed out of that we all have our strengths and and to be measured by one particular thing that some children are good at then you're always feeling less than them and uh, i was never good at those kind of things my found my thing i'm good at and and that's what education should do is to nurture that and it doesn't we shouldn't be graded on everything my my practical solution you know cuz you have to have some practical things along with this besides the philosophy of loving a child and bringing forth their gifts and finding the challenges that can bring forth who they are but we do need some you know, some kind of measurements and so forth. So I'm not against grades once kids get to like 13 years old. And then they should be like in college where you pick three subjects out of six or seven that you get graded on. And those are the ones that you love. And the other ones is just so you can get exposure and maybe discover that you're good at something you're interested because in you don't know. But we should only be graded on a few things, and we shouldn't be graded till we're 13. There's a hormonal change that occurs at 13, puberty, where we're able to begin self-reflection and recognize that we aren't exactly the same as what we do. You know, if I did, you know, as a child gets a C, then I'm a C, as opposed to, well, what I did is a C, and it's it's average, and but what I did over here is exceptional every child needs that boost and that's the natural boost that occurs with uh that stimulates dopamine is when you feel you're good at something you can you're confident in something and you have support to achieve that goal you know today
1: uh really quickly um we're seeing that it's not just the children that are causing this epidemic of uh, and you shared some of the the statistics in the book looking at this epidemic increase in ADHD, but it's also us. It's us as parents and being distracted ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is so important because as kids are growing and evolving and we are not paying attention to their individual needs, yeah. one of the first things that we're going to go to is there's something wrong with my kid. Mm-hmm. And following the advice of well-meaning physicians to you know, help them so that they can succeed by giving them a medication. And this can set us on on the wrong track when we have to take a more global perspective here. And I've got to share this. One of the most unnatural things for a six year old kid to do is to sit down all day. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're taking somebody whose life has been built on play and freedom. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to get serious. Work on you. You need to color inside the lines. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now we're putting into hours and hours a day of you sitting down and trying to do this rote memorization process and not really even learning and and activating the the full capacity of like whole brain learning. Yeah. So we're really focusing on just one side of the brain, analytical, following the rules type things. Mm-hmm. And again, if you look at the results though, we're falling behind. You know, if you look at the results as compared to some other nations. Absolutely. So what I want to just encourage us to do before and again, medication, everything is still an option. But we have to be more vigilant as parents to pay attention to our kids and understand their needs. This is very unnatural for us to just be told, go against our inclination, our normal wishes. Like John, he was up in a tree, right? He's getting his, uh, I don't know, (laughs) monkey king on, (laughs) his Tarzan on. (laughs) And it's just a natural inclination for kids to want to do that. We want to encourage that, support that. So our system needs to change because it's what it's leading to is a lot more kids getting medicated.
0: Absolutely. And so I want us to dig a little deeper in that before 13 or getting them to 13. John, help us to identify within our children what their specific need would be and how we can nurture that.
2: Okay. Well, I, that would be okay. And that would more of a psychological thing. And then with ADD actually we sh- will get to the more biological physical thing because it is a physical, it's like a broken bone. Something happened. We need to know what caused that broken bone. We need to know how to reset that broken bone and we need to give it a chance to heal. That's one aspect. Now there's the other aspect that let's just take all of the to- the broken bone off the table, Let's imagine there's no broken bone. There's no ADHD condition in the brain. We still have a failed education system that's not supporting our children. And we also, as parents, don't understand how to take care of our children due to our own ADD lives, which were so busy. And I love that you were talking about that. And that basically, and I did write a book on this. It's called Children Are From Heaven. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a takeoff on men are from Mars, women Mm -hmm. are from Venus. And Children are from heaven as long as we know how to give them what they need. And and again, we come back to those basic temperaments. And I do talk about it in Staying Focused. This book, The Basic Temperaments, children need different things. You get the child who tends to be hyperactive. They need to feel that they are uh, being appreciated and acknowledged for what they can do. So you give them jobs to do. They're the little ones that want to be policemen and they Mm -hmm. want to be firemen and they want to be astronauts and they need projects where they're good at it. You know, one of the world famous bowlers was asked, how do you throw a strike every time? And he said, you know, when I was a kid, my dad owned the bowling alley and we didn't have the gutters at that time or the machines. So he would set up the pins, I would roll the bowl down at six years old and it would go off to the side and my dad would move two of the pins. So I always hit something, Mm. I always got a, a chance of being successful. Now take that as a metaphor of our job as parents is to create situations that challenge our children but also create an opportunity for them to feel successful. You know, the way children were managed in the past is you shouldn't do that, you're bad, you're not good. We need to shift that and create opportunities for children to feel pride and successful in what they do and what they can accomplish and what they can achieve as opposed to being focused on what they're not doing, keep giving them things they can do and let the challenge increase as they can do more and more. And that's a challenging task for a parent as well. So that's for the hyperactive types. The hypersensitive types, Achievement accomplishment is not as important. What's important is their internal world. They know themselves by how you know them. It's like they need to be felt. They need to be understood. They need to talk more. They need to communicate more. They need a parent that go, oh, you're you're happy about that, aren't you? Or, oh, that makes you sad, doesn't it? oh, that's so disappointing for you. Oh, you love to go and do this. They need someone to see into them and then they can see into themselves. So growing up is a process for a child as learning who they are. What am I good at for the active temperament? For the sensitive temperament, what do I feel? What do I like? What do I enjoy? What do I not like? What hurts inside? So they need more attention to what they're feeling inside. Then you need the the creative types. Okay, what we need is lots of stimulation of new and different things. Okay, so you you take this child here, you have an opportunity here, you give them a lot of things to start because if they can, because they love to start new things, and they don't get shamed for not finishing things, they really need to learn about who they are by what they're interested in, what they're good at. And if they if they get the forgiveness for for being a little disorganized, a little messy or whatever, you're not expecting them to be like the finisher. You're expecting them to enjoy themselves, to have fun. And that's how they learn who they are is by what they're interested in, what motivates them and what things will become boring. But other things will become more interested and they'll stick with it. But they need you know, they don't need a parent who says, go clean your room up all by yourself. And they're just going to look at it. They don't know how to do it. Uh, this is a child that gets punished for messy, being messy or disorganized. They need you to do it with them. They need help in doing those things and realize that they're not like this fourth child who finishes everything. They're the little organized child. They like security. They like routine. And that fourth child, they really need lots of sleep, even more sleep. Uh, The other one can stay up late (laughs) and -hmm. kind of be excited. But there's another child who needs everything routine, regularity. You can't say to them, uh, we're going to go to have dinner early tonight. If you do, you have to give it lots of, uh, say, tonight's going to be a little different. We're going to do it differently because that's how we do it. We don't do it the same every time. They need preparation for change. They're not good at change. They need regular food. They need regular sleep. They need... Uh, routine. And of course, always they need uh, warnings for things so that they're not pushed pushed beyond their limits. So children have different needs. And if we can learn to embrace those needs. And one of the challenges of parenting is that if your child is a different temperament from you, you don't instinctively understand what, what nurturing that child needs and that's often considered to be the problem child, mm-hmm. OK, whereas the other children, they're just shining because those children happen to be the same temperament as the parent. And so the parent instinctively responds to those children the way they need. But children need to these different types of love to give them permission to be themselves. So ultimately comes to unconditional love and it comes to being fully accountable as a parent. Okay, now, if I'm driving a car, and I let go of the steering wheel, and now the car goes crashes into the wall, is it the car's fault? Or is it because I let go of the steering wheel? What I feel for parents is all the way up to basically around 12 years old, 13 years old, you're the parent, you're in control, you're holding the steering wheel. And when that car hits the wall, whose fault is it? Mm -hmm. It's not the child's. The child is still developing the brain power to to learn things, they can mimic things, they can copy things, but they can't begin to originate things, and that fully doesn't develop until they're 28 years old. So the brain is still developing all this time. So one of the hardest things for children is shaming them, disapproving of them, being disappointed with them, that something's wrong with them, that they should be better. All that all that does is just dampen the 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 sunshine of their soul. It just gets knocked down. Happens to all of us to different degrees because our parents never learned to unconditionally love themselves. So that when you put your best foot forward, it's always good enough. And that's trying. Trying is good enough. And we're with you every step of the way. So that's a little pep talk for parents. Oh, man. man. This is a mic drop moment right there. Because you described
0: my entire house. I have one of each of those. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how we're going to steer four different wheels, but we're going to use this as a guide. And that key thing you said about forgiveness was so powerful to include that in. Well, if that's not where they are, then forgive them and they can go on through that. If that's the perspective you have to get, maybe it's messy. Maybe it's bumpy. Maybe it it, it even has an impact. Yeah. But that forgiveness and that grace that Sean always talks about is so key.
1: You know, you did mention that these different temperaments, these are actually good. It's when it becomes the hyperactive component of it, you know, because we need this variety in humanity to keep us going and growing. Um, and you can hear that. You're like, oh, some of those things sound really good. Mm-hmm. But then it's when it becomes the hyperactive facet of that. And so one of the underlying components of this, which you highlight in the book is oxidative stress. So we're going to talk about that right after this quick break. So hold on and we'll be right back. Massive research is now pouring in with this blossoming field of science and nutrition called nutrigenomics. And this field is studying how every single molecule of food that you eat impacts your genetic expression. So we're literally talking about how your body appears your health or lack thereof all of this is going to be determined by every single molecule of food that you eat so whether it's a banana or a donut or a hot pocket whatever it might be we have to be in tune with the fact that this is going to impact what genes are getting expressed and there are genes like the FTO gene for example that has been found to be this quote fat gene and have a high propensity towards obesity if you carry this gene now, you can silence these genes by making sure that you're eating real foods that are in alignment with your own genetic integrity. The basis of that needs to be from earth grown nutrients, things that your body actually recognizes as real food that you have a history with, that your ancestors have a history with, not things that have been invented in the laboratory like last week. All right, so we want to make sure that we're eating real food that are from earth grown nutrients. And this is why I love On It so much. This is why. They are family. This is why I endorse them so powerfully because they are part of my life. They're a part of my family's life. And I wanna make sure that you head over to onnit.com forward slash model. That's dot com forward slash model. And you're gonna get 10% off all of their health and human performance supplements. I'm a huge fan of the Hemp Force protein. I've been using it for many years. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I give this to my kids as well. And this is one of the things that I love to have post-workout. Now, hemp is based on some powerful amino acids, some powerful protein building blocks like albumin, which is a very soft globular protein that's very easy to digest, plus edestin. This is a unique protein compound that's found in hemp that might be the most bioavailable, usable protein for the human body. Crazy, right? So a lot of people today are hearing about the benefits of hemp, hemp seeds and hemp protein and, and hemp oil, things like that. We want to make sure again that you're getting organic and that it's made with integrity right, so that this cold process, so that you're actually able to get the nutrients that you're looking for in this kind of protein powder, protein cake that you're getting with hemp force protein from Onnit. So they've got multiple flavors. They've got the Chaco Maca, they've got the Vanilla Acai, and they also have a brand new recovery protein that adds in the powerful component of colostrum, which has every single amino acid, every polysaccharide, AKA essential sugar, and every essential fatty acid right there in it, these powerful building blocks growth factors every growth factor that influences your body's metabolism is there in that recovery protein so make sure that you're checking that out as well super powerful stuff also has immune factors to help fortify your immune system just great stuff and they've got exercise equipment tons of great foods head over check them out today on it.com forward slash model o-n-n-i-t.com forward slash m-o-d-e-l for 10 percent off now back to the show All right, we're back. Let's get into more of what we were talking about before the break. Oxidative stress. So can we talk a little bit about that?
2: Okay, now it's going to be a little scientific for a moment, but I'm going to simplify it, it. We these are terms that people are familiar with. Oxidative stress most people have never heard. But any health, any disease or hurt any injury to the body basically, when I'm talking about inhibited dopamine function, the cause of it is oxidative stress? There's 150,000 studies on PubMed talking about oxidative stress causing almost every disease condition in the brain, and the body, and the heart, and the muscles, and the blood sugar, all of that. But it's it's so universal that people kind of go, okay, well, oxidative stress is always there. So let's understand what oxidative stress is, because it's not something people commonly know at all. Uh, maybe three percent of the population's even heard the term oxidative stress. So here's, here's what oxidative stress does, uh, what creates it. it. It causes degeneration of brain cells, okay? So you actually get less brain cells, you get less brain function due to oxidative stress. So it's just a word right now, but let's make sense of it. We've all heard the idea of free radicals. Free radicals uh, basically get produced from making energy. Whenever you're making energy, or if you have heavy metals or toxicity in your body, even more free radicals get produced. And these free radicals have a function in the body, and it's beneficial function. It causes inflammation. If you get a hurt, then free radicals will produce this this pain, basically, this expansion to bring more blood flow to that area to heal the condition. So free radicals have a role. Every time your body makes energy, it makes free radicals. And then it also makes something called antioxidants, now, antioxidants, we all hear in vegetables and blueberries and our foods, you know, antioxidants in your veg. It is such in, in the natural foods that you can eat. This is and berries are really good at nat- antioxidants. These things have been proven, for example, to prevent cancer, just blueberries every day. You know, this, or at least reduce your risk of it. So we have antioxidants and we have free radicals. These are the scientific terms. And both of them are really good when you have free radicals. Antioxidant comes in and neutralizes that free radical, and now you have a healthy cell. But if you have a free radical without an antioxidant, then that free radical goes to a cell and damages it, and that damaged cell then goes to another cell and damages that, and that damaged cell goes to another cell and damages that, and it goes on forever. And that's a cascading effect of too many free radicals and not enough antioxidants. And that cascading effect, that's oxidative stress. Literally, it's like a fire that's destroying parts of your body. And that's why we have chronic pain. That's why I have chronic conditions. The body can't heal itself if it doesn't have enough antioxidants to neutralize or marry those free radicals. So that's the idea of oxidative stress. And that's what toxicity does in our lives. That's what having too much sugar in our lives does. When you eat sugar, you're producing a lot of free radicals, but not enough antioxidants. And the problem with drugs is that particularly Tylenol, or the ingredient in Tylenol is called acetaminophen, acetaminophen suppresses your body's ability to make antioxidants. I'll just say that again. Mm -hmm. These painkillers and fever suppressors go to the liver and suppress the production of a very important molecule called glutathione, which is your body's super antioxidant a super antioxidant to neutralize those free free radicals to keep your skin looking beautiful, for anti-aging to keep youthfulness, but more importantly, to put out the fires of oxidative stress. And so glutathione, you know, if you just this molecule glutathione that many drugs will suppress, Lipitor, the one that they give for cholesterol suppresses glutathione. Uh, Tylenol, the ingredient acetaminophen—it's in most of your painkillers. Uh, unfortunately, it's in 500 products now over the market. It's the second biggest drug in the world, and it inhibits your body's ability to put out oxidative oxidative stress in the brain. And people have to understand this now uh, because they don't—they think they're helping their children when the child has a fever. They think, oh, I have to suppress the fever. Mm. And most doctors don't know, although finally it is now the first line of defense. Doctors are being told, the research is there, that a child can have a fever up to 105 degrees without ever any injury. Never has injury occurred to the brain when a fever was running. What a fever is, is your body's, uh, it goes into a secondary state of increasing glutathione production in the body. It's a, it's a special state of healing, and children who have fevers afterwards, if you don't suppress it, will actually have mental advancement. They'll have improved social skills. They'll have better intelligence skills, academic skills. They go through a leap in growth when they have a fever. And this is proven. There's studies to show this, and there's studies that show that never has a fever caused damage. It's uncomfortable for a child. But we need to like be with the child at those times, comfort the child, but not try to suppress the fever. And they're going through a healing crisis of increasing the glutathione to help neutralize the free radicals, to stop the oxidative stress so the brain doesn't degenerate. And you know this oxidative stress, it continues your whole life. It doesn't get put out until you get the more glutathione. That's why one out of six women over 60 years old now has dementia. Uh, one uh, Basically, uh, one out of two people over 80 have Alzheimer's, which is just a curse, it's just a horrible situation. This is all due to, and nobody questions this, oxidative stress in the brain. But because everything has to do with oxidative stress, it's uh, it's not really discussed as the cause, because yeah. then, then they look at, okay, what caused the oxidative stress? And that's a legitimate concern, And and that's part of this book, is what are all the different causes of oxidative stress. And another way of putting that is what are all the different causes that inhibit your body's ability to make antioxidants in order to put out the oxidative stress? Wow.
1: This should be really eye-opening yeah. on multiple levels. And even something as uh, tied into our culture as Tylenol, you know, and understanding that there are some serious ramifications with something that we take for granted, right? And also Uh, When we talk about this, uh, the the fevers and even using and you highlight this in the book, which I had never seen before. I know a lot about cold thermogenesis and, you know, the benefits of infrared saunas, heat shock uh, proteins, but using it as therapy for conditions like ADHD and even autism and seeing improvements by exposing kids to hot water treatments. Blue like I couldn't believe it. And all this research is here in the book as well. So understanding the bigger picture again, that. You know, when we're talking about an issue like a fever, what is the body's innate ability? And what is it doing when we do have a fever induced? Why just jump to giving our child a drug? Mm -hmm. Right. This is part of parenting. And it's part of our uh, our design and our need today to be a little bit more patient Mm -hmm. and attentive, even though, again, like we're in the busiest times ever. It's the time of greatest distraction. Right. But this is something that we need to start paying more attention to. And I want to share this with you as well. And this is highlighted in the book. We talk about all the great stuff he mentioned with uh, antioxidants and how important this is. There was a study that was done. This is in, in his book. Uh, one group of children with ADHD were given stimulant drugs like Ritalin or Adderall. And another group was given a combination of vitamin C and something called OPCs. And in the short-term benefit in both groups were exactly the same, all right? Exactly the same, except the group that was treated with the natural supplements had no side effects. And OPCs help to activate the antioxidant benefit of vitamin C and vitamin E by 50 times, Hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so these are things that are here, staying focused in a hyper world inside the book.
2: Everybody's going to go, what's an OPC? (laughs) Because they're wonderful. uh, There's uh, the, the most common one that's easily available and rather inexpensive is something called grape seed extract. It's the is the extract of grape seeds and what's interesting in my younger years when i was teaching in europe i was teaching having dinner with a german princess and so you're kind of like wanting to be very formal and everything at a castle and all that and she was eating grapes and she was chewing the grape seeds Mm -hmm. it was so noisy It it just but they do that in germany they actually chew the grape seeds and it makes your brain smarter because uh, it's a super, super antioxidant, is the grape seed. So they have uh, supplements that you can buy, which are grape seed extracts. Also, all of your berries do have these OCPs in them. Uh, there's uh, various supplements. One is my favorite called Potential, and it has you know a multivitamin, which I think everybody needs a good multivitamin, but the, half of the capsules are also these OCPs from various berries, Uh, Proanthians is another name for them. And they're, they're amazing. And so there's a school on the East Coast, and I mentioned the name of the school and everything in the book and the study, and now for 11 years, every day, they give children two of these chewables. And what they found from year one is that this was one of the least performing schools And they became now in some categories the highest performing public school in the East Coast. Yeah. And it basically, and they continue to give these children just two chewables, and that's called Potential, which has vitamin C and all the other vitamins, which are good, but it needs to be combined with these proanthians, and people don't realize that. So you could do a study on vitamin C alone, you wouldn't see that result. You need to get the proanthians, because in nature, where you have a berry or an orange or whatever, where it has the vitamin C, there'd also be the proanthians which help to work together just as in nature but you're getting much more than you would get from a bowl of berries when you get these concentrated extracts of proanthians and that's grapeseed extract is a simple one along with vitamin c is for many children will immediately improve their focus and even today sometimes what i've noticed i'm not really comprehending as much, and I'm kind of spacing out more. I'll just go take some vitamin C and about 500 milligrams of vitamin C and 250 milligrams of grapeseed extract. And I noticed the difference. I mean, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so powerful. And you know what's so different today that, again, we need to bring our attention back to, that our world is very different. When's the last time you've even seen a grape seed, <laughs> right. right? We've got all of these seedless grapes and yes. we don't want the trouble, right? right. We want seedless watermelon, <laughs> seedless grapes. And these things have been um, hybridized and changed genetic manipulation so that they are not carrying seeds. And by the way, seeds are the reproductive parts of the plant. So mm-hmm. it literally we're eating infertile food and you mm-hmm. are what you eat, right? So we want to be more mindful of that. And basically without the seeds, it gives us more of a easy access to get us a sugar bomb, right? There's no (laughs) work involved. And also when he's talking about eating grapes with the princess, you know, that again shows how big time John Gray is. You know, I've never eaten grapes with the princess. That sounds like a scene from Aladdin or something. (laughs) I haven't Um, eaten grapes with anybody. And (laughs) so, right, right. And so uh, another thing that you highlighted in the book was the necessity for exercise. And this goes back to taking a child who's uh, inherently excited about life and movement uh, and and play such a big part of that, and then we say sit down all day, and we're taking gym away mm-hmm. as well. But you talk about how exercise is important for reversing these symptoms of ADHD.
2: Yeah, so so typically, depending upon how much your muscle mass to fat ratio, exercise, and that's a genetic thing. We all have a natural, you know, we're unique. My nose is so long. My hair, you know, everything. Everybody has their own unique genetic type and you can look at the ratio of your muscle mass to your, your fat, okay, and that doesn't, nobody's overweight to begin with, so, but some people just have more fat cells, some people have more muscle cells, and that was really important, just that, knowing that, because as a kid growing up, uh, my older brother Tommy, uh, he, he had a different body type, and he, he, we would go to the gym and work out, and he would get all these big muscles, and I'm like, what about me? You know? It's like it didn't work as much for me. So it, it wasn't, literally, I wasn't born with the genes to have those muscle types. And so, typically, it has to do with the wideness of your shoulders, particularly, has a lot to do, and the thinness of your waist. So the mesomorph body type is the, the term for it. Sort of Superman, big shoulders and thin little waist. And that's, and for women, more the hourglass shape. That body type typically needs more exercise, but all body types need exercise. And, but some need more than others. And the ones that need more than others are the children who sitting in a classroom are just gonna become hyperactive. Uh, they really need that that physical movement. Uh, every, every hour or so, they need to get out and five minutes of walking and running and playing would be great for kids. And some schools are doing that now, recognizing the value of that. All children could benefit from it, but some really, really need it. And what I've explained is what nobody else has explained uh, this clearly that I've seen, is we, we see that in the body there's, th- there's two stress reactions. There's moderate stress reaction, which is adrenaline. Uh, that means that you're challenged, there's a bit of an emergency, you need to, you need to do something. And if you don't use your muscles at that time, then your adrenaline will turn into cortisol, and cortisol is the stress hormone that then takes the the, uh, blood flow away from the front part of the brain, and we can't think, we can't comprehend, and in relationships, we can't communicate. Sometimes for women and men, I tell them, look, if you start to argue, you've gotta stop Uh, because you're already in adrenaline and it's going to turn into cortisol. Once cortisol gets produced, blood flow stops to the front part of the brain and you have no capacity to experience empathy or another point of view or to learn something new. You cannot learn something new when you're in a cortisol state. And these boys, particularly boys, but also can be girls too, who are not physically moving enough, what happens is they can't comprehend anything new. They can't learn because they're in a stress state and they need to get out and throw a ball. You can take a child who who's anxious and upset and just have them throw a ball back and forth and that will calm them down. That's what you know. parents need to realize and school teachers, of course, we need to get our children active. Sitting in front of a video game and sitting in front of an iPad, sitting in front of a, a computer screen is really just sort of... Uh, Uh, symptomatically relieving the tension that's being caused in the body by elevated cortisol levels. They really can't learn anything new. All they can do is be conditioned by whatever they're doing. So you can get better and better at a game, a conditioned response, but you don't get better at anything else in your life. You don't actually open your mind to new ideas, to think on your own. None of that can develop When you're passively experiencing activity, you actually have to go out and physically move your body. And there's research I talked about in the book which showed that even if you were to play piano, a new song, and learn some just simple thing on a piano for, for I think, a few hours, you can measure the brain growth. There's nothing more powerful for brain growth than physical movement actually grows parts of the brain. And without that physical movement, the brain doesn't fully develop. So you got phys- brain development. But even worse than that is being challenged by some problem, you know, you know, how do I solve this? Or I didn't do my homework or I'm not good at this or teachers expecting something of me. And, and so you're feeling a little anxious in the classroom. That is a little anxious is adrenaline. And if you don't now use up that adrenaline through physical activity, using your muscles will actually use up the adrenaline. If the adrenaline stays in your body long, then you get the bad guys, the cortisol. And the cortisol is basically, it it inhibits digestion, it it inhibits blood flow, increases high blood pressure, but most importantly, cortisol prevents blood flow from going to the front part of the brain whereas children can learn something new and as adults where we actually hear another point of view which is why communication breaks down in relationships because we don't have, our cortisol levels are elevated and you know that's a whole other subject of my most recent book Beyond Mars and Venus is how our lifestyle is throwing our hormones out of balance which then also that can cause cortisol being produced in the brain.
0: Amazing.
1: This is so important. And I really hope that everybody's taking this in because things that we, like, you know, exercise is a great example of this. We see it as this one thing culturally, which is I need to exercise so I don't get fat, basically. Or I need to exercise so that I can, you know, maybe, you know, get a flat belly, six pack. It's very physical related and not understanding. Exercise creates some dramatic and powerful changes in your brain. And we did an entire episode on the many benefits of exercise outside of that physical component of you looking sexier, (laughs) uh, which we'll put in the show notes. But this is one of the most important things. And being able to fuel your brain and all the different neurochemicals that are produced, you know, the different hormonal cascade. Like he talked about uh, a negative potential hormonal cascade. There are positive potential hormonal cascades as well that can be utilized by simply getting in some smart exercise. So, uh, but I want to shift gears here. And the last thing I want to talk about, because there's so much here, Uh, With you, period, but also in the book, um, is how diet is connected with this. You know, we talk about uh, this term elimination diets, which you highlight in the book, and how pulling out certain uh, culprits can be transformative for a child who's struggling with, or an an adult, by the way, with ADHD. So let's talk about that.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's becoming rather common knowledge today, but how it applies to ADD is, you know, the gluten uh, and bread is very, very hard to digest. And when you get an undigestible substance, it interferes with brain function. More and more we're learning that gut health is the precursor to brain health. Uh, In the last year even, it's not even in this book, some new research shows that uh, for every neuron in your brain there's nine different microbes that develop in your gut. That's why uh, fermented foods are so important, because fermented foods have these microbes, probiotics is what they're called, and you can take probiotics, you can make fermented drinks, they're becoming more popular today, they're very, very good uh, for the gut, and then it crosses the blood-brain barrier from the gut, and they actually help the brain to heal itself, they protect the brain from from oxidative stress, and so forth. And so what we wanna look at is foods that are indigestible and foods that are toxic, actually interfere with our digestive process so that if you can't digest your food, you can't get what's called amino acid peptides, which are precursors to making brain chemicals. And that again causes the ADHD is not being able to digest your food. And let me say again, for that child in a classroom who's feeling falling behind or feeling really tired and sleepy because they're not fully awake, Cortisol is being produced in that child, and cortisol, one of its functions, because it's a stress reaction, it basically shuts down digestion. It says, there's a bear chasing me, I've gotta use all my energy to get out of here, Uh, shut down digestion, I'm about to be digested. That becomes the priority to, to, to fight or flight. And so digestion shuts down when you're under stress. So this is once again, One of the big challenges, if you can't digest your proteins, you can't make the brain chemicals that your brain requires, Uh, gluten will interfere with that process. And so that's in bread. And where did that come from? Just so people can know, because bread used to be the staple of life. I mean, this is a great thing. All the B vitamins and fiber. It's just a great food. Eat good, wholesome bread with a meal. But it turns out that in 1992, uh, secretly, the farmers and the big scale farming Uh, What they did is they started putting GMOs into the soil to kill the bugs in the soil and grew the plants in this soil. The plant itself, the wheat wasn't GMO, but what they did is use GMO to clean the wheat and then to put it into the soil so there weren't any bugs. So they would just kill all the bugs. But that GMO gets into the plant and the GMO gets into the plant and the plant then brings that GMO into our body and starts killing the good bacteria in the gut causing inflammation in our gut and you know why are GMOs legal even is because the research showed that GMOs, genetically altered plants, it doesn't actually kill human cells but it does kill non-human cells. It kills the bacteria, the probiotics in the body and for every cell there's at least nine probiotics Uh uh, for it to function. We work in synergy with these probiotics these uh, throughout our body. So the wheat is highly indigestible. And so just that, taking a wheat out of the body of some children, uh, can cause and dramatic brain improvements. Another is dairy. Uh, dairy, when it's pasteurized, uh, is also indigestible and doesn't have the benefits of raw milk. Now, raw milk's not legal, so I'm not recommending raw milk anymore. Uh, in some states it is, but for most people you can't get it. So you basically want to go, if you like the dairy products, because they're really good for the brain, you go for the, the non-pasteurized yogurts. So you can, take, you can make your own yogurt at home. Uh, you can learn how to do that. So you get the pasteurized dairy, and then you make the yogurt, because the bacteria go, and they eat the, the milk, and they produce something, which is a fermented product. So fermented foods are really, really good. They, you bring back life to it, so to speak. So that's another one is the once you once you pasteurize dairy, it becomes indigestible to the body. Now they did a study with cats. I just people need to know this. Now we're not cats, so you can't say this is happening to humans, but it did happen to cats. So I want to tell this story. <laughs> one group of cats, you feed them pasteurized milk, and the other cat, you feed you cats, you feed raw milk. And cats can live on just milk, right? And then, you know, they lap it up and that's their food. Then the next generation of cats uh who drank the pasteurized milk were more sickly and the third generation were even more sickly the raw milk cats were just doing fine but there wasn't a fourth generation of sickly cats literally they became infertile now we're seeing infertility all over the place now it's very common over 30 to 40 percent of women now are not able to give birth without the help of some kind of drug injection manipulation of the doctor helping them uh, get, get have a baby. So infertility is massively on the rise today. And one of the contributing factors to that would be pasteurized milk. So that that's an aspect of what we need to look at. Another major aspect is our high sugar content in the foods we eat. Now, Coca-Cola, most people don't know, is the same as a same amount of sugar as a glass of orange juice. That's what they you know, they. that's mm. the standard eight ounces, 28 grams of sugar. Most people don't look at that and they don't know what 28 grams of sugar means. What that means is you just had seven teaspoons of sugar, seven teaspoons of sugar. You divide it by four and you get one of these Frappuccinos, you're taking like 30 teaspoons of sugar. And what that does, that creates the diabetes that we're experiencing today. And, you know, Diabetes Association says sugar does not cause diabetes, because it doesn't. It's seven teaspoons every time you drink something that causes it. (laughs) (laughs) It's how much you take. But more importantly, when we look at diet, we're looking at the high carbohydrate content of processed foods, the junk foods, the easy, the things you go to when you're feeling stressed, you're wanting to bump your blood sugar up. At those times, when you take the carbohydrates, the processed sugars, the, the, the chips and various things, that junk food, comfort food type stuff, ice cream particularly, when you'd go for that stuff, moderation, I'm not against any of that stuff, but moderation, moderation. When you have the high blood sugar spike, that inhibits something we talked about earlier in the show, which is your body's ability to make antioxidants. So that's one of the major causes of brain disease today is this high blood sugar problem that we're having. We're craving sweets. We're craving sweets because when the blood sugar goes up, the glutathione production in the body goes down. The oxidative stress increases. So this is something if we just get used to going for a week without any junk food, you'll find you don't crave it so much. You won't want it. won't want it. But you got to use some discipline there to back off from it. John, Ooh. thank you.
1: This is phenomenal. This is, and these are just a, a few of the things that he covers in the book and, of course, on his website as well. Because if we're uh, moving towards helping our children and helping ourselves yeah. to get past this condition, which is becoming, again, an epidemic, you know, it highlights one of the statistics in the book. We're talking about one in 10, one in nine kids right now. And these are the ones that are diagnosed. Exactly. All right. We're not even mm-hmm. talking about the ones who are not diagnosed, who are experiencing a lot of struggle in school. And these are the solutions here. It's not giving uh, a band-aid treatment, you know, take this drug and see what happens. Right. And And to the degree, again, we have to see more and more drugs, stronger doses. And that generally does not turn out well. But because we care as parents, we want the kid to be able to just show up and get through school. But we're not thinking about what can happen long term. And that's what we need to start doing. So this is phenomenal. John, can you let everybody know where they can get find the book and where they can get connected with you online as well?
2: Okay, well you can go to Amazon. It's only a few dollars for this book. It's uh, Staying Focused in a Hyper World. You can also order the you know the download of it. It's pretty easy to get, Staying Focused in a Hyper World. Uh, you can go to marsvenus.com. Uh, some of these things we talked about, the grapeseed extract, I do have there. But more importantly, it's like a little health food store I have a 10-minute video on everything you'd find in a health food store that's good for you, explaining why that might be helpful for you. I really like that. But if you can give me two more minutes, I want to mention two practical things. Would that be Absolutely, okay? Absolutely,
1: please do. Welcome Let's go. It. Thank okay. you. I just want I
2: want everybody to know the, the, the cheapest and simplest way to create some dramatic improvement, and that is the hot bath. Uh, and I actually show the research behind this, and you briefly mentioned it, with the heat shock proteins that get produced but it's your body's protection mechanism to stop, put out oxidative stress, is to induce fever. And that would be the infrared saunas. Uh, It's uh, any kind of cold therapy, but also the easiest is hot water therapy with your child. Read to your child in a hot water bathtub. And basically you start out at the most comfortable hot level and then keep adding hot water. Their body will adjust to it. You get up to 103 degrees. And ideally, if you could do it for a whole hour, you'll change that child's life. Even 30 minutes has shown to take away autistic symptoms uh, to a great degree, but you do it every other day at a minimum, and it produces these heat shock proteins that that put out the fires of oxidative stress, and you do that every other day for any, any kind of ADD type symptom, autistic symptom, there's nothing better. This is one of the oldest remedies on the planet is you go to these spas. Now the spas are either have what's called sulfur springs or lithium springs. Sulfur and lithium are the two most powerful minerals necessary for brain health and for body health. Sulfur more for the body health and, and lithium more for the brain health. These are springs that are thousands of years old. People have gone to them for healing over and over. So the, the main thing with ADHD and, and with with Uh, Sulfur, sulfur will detoxify the body. Now, we didn't mention all the toxicity, but even living near a freeway, basically cadmium comes off of the tires and as they're going on the highway, this heavy metal goes into the brain and you can put that metal in a Petri dish and you can watch the oxidative stress. Over 24 hours, you lose all the connective tissue and the neurons finally die. So this is the heavy metal toxicity. It's happening in the world today. You can't avoid it but you can help your body get rid of those heavy metals and taking uh, what's a very cheap supplement, and it's called MSM, it's a sulfur. Now it used to be the sulfur was in our food, but with farming practices we don't have sulfur in the food that our body needs to detoxify. Now it's very powerful and it's very inexpensive, MSM, and you don't take the capsules, you take the powder. You get a bag of it, and you take a little bit and gradually you can build up to like a teaspoon twice a day, but you start with you know, just the tiniest little bit of an eighth of a teaspoon twice a day in glass, and it's bitter. It's the opposite of our sweet addiction, it's bitter. And you put it in some warm water, it will dissolve, it will detoxify your body. I'm giving you the cheapest, most powerful solutions. This hot water bath, you can put Epsom salt in it for your magnesium. Everybody needs more magnesium. Put a whole cup of magnesium or two cups of Epsom salt. It's very cheap. And you get your magnesium in your body that calms the body. These children need calming. They need relaxation and they need the heat. The heat shock proteins will generate the, the, the neural protection and heal the brain, regenerate the brain. A hot bath. Two, MSM. Very cheap if you buy it in the bag, uh, it, it, you know, like bulk. And then the third, is lithium. Now, lithium is the cheapest supplement online, and it is the most powerful of any of them for your brain. You will notice benefits in days. For a child, they'll calm down if they're hyperactive. They become more relaxed, more focused, more agreeable. It allows the brain to regulate itself properly. When you eat sugar, the reason we need lithium supplementation, it's called low-dose lithium. Lithium orotate, so what psychiatrists prescribe lithium carbonate. It's a whole different substance. They they give you 50 to 100 times the dose of lithium carbonate for people who have psychosis, schizophrenia, depression, and it helps them, but nobody should take it because it has side effects because you're giving 50 to 100 times the dose. This is low dose lithium. I explain the instructions of how to use it at my website, at the store, or if you go into lithium. It's, there's many, many naturopathic doctors who've discovered this. You'll never hear about it in the media. You'll never hear about it publicized because it's the cheapest substance you can buy. A three-month supply for $11 or $10. Basically, it's no profit, no marketing, no advertising, no research to show how great it is. New York Times articles have said everybody needs to be taking uh, uh, one or two milligrams of low-dose lithium every day. Uh, Buck Foundation for, says it will stop Alzheimer's disease, a major foundation that studies Alzheimer's disease. This is like such a simple solution. And, and my friends who, who, to, who raise money for these big drugs, I say, why don't you just teach this? And they go, well, we can't patent it. We can't make money on it. So you can't pay for it. So people need to know. Every mother needs to know. And your psychiatrist and your doctor does not know about this. That's what you have to do. You have to find your own research. It's it's over the counter. You can buy it for ten dollars. You take this little tiny capsule. It's just what should be in your food, and it's not there. And when we're under stress, when we're having ADHD type symptoms, when our blood sugar is high, we tend to do, we use up the lithium faster, and that's why we run out of it. So two and a half milligrams uh, bonded to a lot of or- erratic acid, which is a substance in mother's milk delivers that lithium into the brain. So you don't need much of it. And it's not toxic in no way. And that's why it's over the counter. So I just want people to know the word lithium orotate, do a little research on Google, and also MSM, do a little research on Google. And, and uh, you'll find amazing remedies for your children's condition to help them improve optimal brain function. I'm John so Gray, grateful. Dr. Oh John gosh. Gray,
1: you are a gift on the planet. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing this incredible information today and for putting so much time, energy, and effort into just creating all the great works that you have. I mean, you've got 20 books. Probably you got some more sneaking up <laughs> on us soon here as well. But we just truly, truly do appreciate your gift. So thank you so much. Love you. Love you as well, John. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is something that... You definitely need to share with friends and family so that they have access to more options. And that's what it's really about is having more options because our conventional treatment for chronic illnesses is failing. And we know this if you just look at the numbers and what John has compiled here is are things that are backed up by clinical data, right? That you might not have heard of before, you know, and just even looking at how combining a couple of uh, phytonutrients together along with vitamin C can equal the same effectiveness as Adderall, right? Who knew? But, well, John John knew. John knew, (laughs) and now we do. And so these kind of things are are what's available (laughs) for us. You know, it's just, again, having more options to add to your superhero utility belt. There's definitely a place for drugs, but we don't want to jump there first because— these are things that, these are created in a laboratory. You can't patent nature, that's what he talked about earlier, but you can make a drug, mm-hmm. but these are new inventions. Humans have not been consuming these things for very long, so we don't. We still don't know the long-term ramifications. So sure. please understand, sure. I want to highlight something really quickly, he talked about MSM, mm-hmm. uh, methyl methane. one of my favorite things in the world, yep. and we'll put a link to it. I did an article on all the different benefits because he mentioned some of the physical aspects as well, so that's important. There's a lithium spring here in Missouri. It's called, it's literally the city is Lithium, Missouri. People used to come here, and this was documented like uh, 150 years ago, and then up until uh, the turn of the century, to heal mental disorders. People from all over the world would come to Lithium, Missouri. Now it's just the spring is under this little beaten up gazebo nobody even looks at anymore. you know. And of course, I've been there many times and gathered some water. Um. So just keep in mind, like, this, st- some of this stuff has been around a long time, but now today our modern science is just using um, our scientific method to prove it. And lastly, I want to share this. In his book, he mentions the FDA lists over 33 double-blind clinical trials demonstrating that artificial food colors are related to ADHD and other childhood-related behavior problems. And a uh, specific elimination diet has been found to be effective 50% of the time for children who are struggling with ADHD. So, our the food that we're giving our kids matters. We need to cut it out with the fake food. Yeah. Period, end of story. Absolutely. And then again blaming the child for their behavior. You know, like the this is literally hopping our kids up on drugs when we're giving them these crazy sugar-loaded products and um, artificial foods, artificial flavors. We've got to just cut that out. And we did a great show with Fani Hari, the food babe, Mm -hmm. who's like the assassin out there going after food (laughs) companies. We'll put that in the show notes as well. But make sure to pick up a copy of John's book. And of course, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, that's a must-have classic to add to your repertoire as well. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I appreciate you immensely. Much, much more great stuff to come. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to themodelhealthshow.com That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.